0: All right, what's going on guys? Uh, so today I'm gonna to be chatting with Joe Sullivan and uh, essentially we're gonna be talking about overcoming obstacles in pursuit of your goals. Now, I just kinda of wanna set the stage for this conversation because uh, Joe, first of all, thank you for joining us. And one of the reasons why I asked you was because I've been following you for a long time. And one of the things that I've always appreciated was just the level of transparency that you had in your social media and your posts and the level of like kind of raw authenticity, which especially nowadays where, you know, people are being censored for speaking their minds. Um, you know, there's sort of this like push to fall in line with, with your personal beliefs and how you're behaving and how you're saying things. Um, you've always kind of just been like a hundred percent about whatever it is that you, you know, feel or think is, is right, which is, uh, which has been really awesome. And so, um, hopefully, we're going to have the same kind of raw conversation about what it takes to to really set some big goals for yourself and, and just knock them out of the park. Um, so, do you want to start off just by introducing yourself?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, hi Dan. My name is Joe Sullivan. I am I, I'm me. You know, if if you follow me, just like you said, I. When you were giving my introduction or speaking about me, it reminded me of a conversation I had with Dave Tate a long time ago, a couple of years ago, where everyone or a a large amount of people on the internet, on Instagram or whatever would would talk about Dave and talk about myself and say, wow, Dave you're so real or Joe you're so real you're so you're so real like it's crazy it's so refreshing to see that but Dave and I were talking about how that just kind of is an asinine statement in general because real as opposed to what if if you're not real that means you have to be actively trying to put on an act or put on a mask or ask us or act a certain way and that just seems like a lot of effort for no real reason. Because it's just so much easier to be yourself, to say what you mean and mean what you say and be you, you know, and that's essentially what I, uh, what I am and what I try to be and what I try to embody, like calling back to Dave, um, I have live, learn, pass on. Uh, tattooed on my left forearm just as a reminder that like the, that's the elite, one of the elite fds mission statements is to live and to learn and to pass on to future educators coaches athletes whatever basically instill their beliefs and care and honor and whatever in the generations that come after them and i have the word always tattooed on my right forearm that always is just a singular word you you see it and you don't really know what it is but it for me it means to always be yourself to always be you to always be genuine to mean what you say to say what you mean to hold yourself to the highest standard possible but also give yourself grace when you fail to meet it but expect better next time and always always be better always be you always be the better you um and i know this isn't really an introduction uh as to like who's joe sullivan but like joe sullivan is a lot of words (laughs) yeah and uh yeah i uh i am a competitive powerlifter uh i just recently broke the all-time world record uh raw squat uh in the 220 pound weight class i squatted 822 pounds um, I dunked it, I buried it, and it was horrible. I did not intend to go that deep, but it pushed me down that low. Everybody was like, oh, you left no doubt. And I'm like, well, it was either that or fucking die. So <laughs> that's that's what I did. Um, I'm also, I also own uh, my own very successful coaching business called Joe Sullivan Powerlifting. I, I'm not very creative. I'm actually changing that to Joe Sullivan Strength and Power in the new year. Uh, I, I just am working on changing the LLC title right now. But uh, yeah, and I am also the one of the former owners of Pinnacle Performance Ohio in uh, Columbus, Ohio awesome man
0: so first off congrats on your uh, your recent record that that was freaking awesome I think uh, the first time I saw you is probably very similar to how most people initially saw you was uh, when you were squatting that barbell and it just freaking bent over you which was just insane yeah. um, so if you guys haven't seen that check yeah. it out it's it's freaking terrifying he's squatting the weight up and it starts bending over his shoulders which essentially like means that you're going through the sticky point point the entire range of motion through the squat. So it was, it was freaking crazy to see. And I'm glad you didn't get like too injured from it. But um, yeah, that, that was the first time I ever was exposed to you actually. Uh, so let's just kind of dive right into the questions. So the first thing that I wanted to know was um, just, I know you talk a lot about core values and things like that. So what, what are some of the core values that you had either kind of growing up or in your teen years or anything like that, that really you think contributed to the success you've experienced in sports, in your relationships, in you know business, and pretty much anything else.
1: That's honestly, that's a really great question. Like I love that question because it uh, it it refers back to my childhood, and I, I am I have an incredible relationship with my parents, um, and I have an even more incredible relationship with my father, with my dad uh, Ed Sullivan. He he was the best role model I could ever have. He raised me to with that that always tattoo. That's my dad. He he would all he was the epitome of endurance and hard work and perseverance because I grew up and I grew up in a rel, relative like we, we were okay things things were all right things were tight like we didn't have a lot of money there was a lot of debt um there was a lot of bouncing around uh, and stuff like that uh, but what I what I always saw what I always referred back to, and the pillar of strength that I could always rely on to be there was my dad. He was endurance, he was resilience, he was adaptation, he was the personification of all of those words. And it was the most admirable thing I could ever watch. My mom uh, had type one diabetes starting, she was diagnosed with it at six years old. And eventually when I was 12 or 13 or something, went through complete renal failure, was on five day a week dialysis for a couple of years, was not looking good, thought she was going to end up succumbing to the illness. And my dad the entire time worked multiple jobs to both pay for my mom's medical bills, support her, support myself, and put me through private school because he had always wanted both him and my mom Wanted me to have an education and to put education first, and they always put me first. They always put me, the individual, above themselves. And because of that, I went to private school my entire life. I went to Catholic school, growing up. Uh, went to Catholic college. I went to John Carroll University in Cleveland, Ohio. It's a Jesuit school, and I, I basically, I was just in private school my entire life, and probably why i am so distant from what you would call conventional religion right now but that's that's neither here nor there the takeaway from that is my parents specifically my dad taught me to put others before themselves and while while at the same time holding themselves to a high standard and treating themselves with respect and just knowing knowing that they were tough enough. They were good enough to endure the storm, to, to, to weather the storm, to continue on. And there was a light at the end of the tunnel, but always see the light at the end of the tunnel, but carry the individual next to you to it as well.
0: That's awesome. And I think that's something that a lot of athletes, especially a lot more seasoned athletes tend to hold in higher regard is, is that whole idea about giving back because, you know, I, Uh, One of the things that I've been doing for, for a while actually is taking on a handful of athletes. I don't have like, you know, I'm not, I'm not super rich, so I can't afford to necessarily sponsor a bunch of people or create like these huge programs. But I've had a couple of athletes that I would coach for free and that was kind of my contribution or whatever back. Right. And Mm -hmm. it was funny because I was thinking about it. Someone asked me this They're like, man, why, why did you do that? Like, why are you doing that when these people could be paying you? And I was like, man, the number of people who have helped me out along the way to, you know, with nutrition and training and things like that, just offering advice and giving me feedback, being there to spot me during training, like it's, you can't, I don't think you can really get anywhere if you're actually just doing it by yourself. You know, like the number of people who are actually there to help you, like we dedicate most of, you know, or I think most people dedicate most of their success or should to to the people around them. Um, and so I, I love what you're saying. And mm-hmm. To be honest, it sounds like that's kind of the catalyst of this whole conversation is holding yourself to, to a higher standard. So growing up, it sounds like your dad was a really big influence in your life, obviously, your mom as well. Um, who were some of the other influences that, that really helped you kind of shape the direction of, of your career, of your athletic career and all that stuff?
1: Well, you know, I, it's 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 a running theme, but and I know I I will sound redundant after a while, but it is it's it's my dad in a lot of those aspects because he continued. Uh, he wasn't just my father; he was also my high school wrestling coach. He he was he, he has coached me since I was two years old in swim lessons or swim little tournaments or whatever, and like AYSO soccer when I was five and six. And he has continued to be my coach throughout my entire life. He's been to every single powerlifting competition I've ever done. He's been to every single competition I've ever competed in because he's my biggest fan and he's my best friend. And I again, like, I, I could talk about my dad for hours. Like I, I am so grateful for him. Like I, I am the luckiest person on the planet to have that man as my father. Uh, and, and anyone who knows him knows why because he, he's, he's the best person. He's one of the best people I know. Um, but I like I said, I could talk about my dad for forever. But there's also my papa, my grandfather. He Because my dad works him up so much and my mom was consistently in the hospital, he and uh, his wife, my nana, my nana and papa, they, they looked after me and they raised me. I stayed at their house like three, day, three or four days out of the week uh, most of the time um and they were also great people a bit more a bit more old in their ways uh and just kind of like kind of like the the old grandma and grandpa that are like you guys are kind of racist aren't you you know um and just kind of just kind like you know nobody really talks about it but then they'll like drop in a slur like in just normal conversation and not act not act disturbed and then just kind of like what huh you know but like those two, those two incredible people in my life, uh, just diehard Polish, diehard Irish Catholic, just stupid, stubborn motherfuckers, and that's why, that's why I am what I am. Uh, but also, um, I could call to mind a lot of my coaches, uh, some of my high school coaches: uh, Shane Jewell, uh, John Zinsmaster, Ryan Birchmeyer. Um, wrestling coaches and powerlifting coaches because I was lucky enough to have a powerlifting team, club, team club, whatever, at my high school. That's why I started when I was 13 years old. Um, I could call to mind Dave, Dave Tate, Chris Duffin, uh, just a variety of people that have played a role in my life and... What I do and how I conduct myself, and have basically my dad, my dad laid the, laid the base. He laid he laid the 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 foundation for me to be who I am. And every brick has been either put there by myself or put there by another person uh, in my life. And some have put more bricks, some have put others, and some have tried to fucking break them down, but. Ultimately I am I am proud of what I've built with the help of other people. just like you said, we don't do this alone. I' I'm, ver- I'm a very I'm not a loner like I love my people but I also love I also love me and I love like my shit. so I, I, I'm, I'm very individualistic but I also acknowledge like there is no way I would be who I am and I would be as successful as I am without the people that have helped me along the way.
0: Yeah, and that's something that for myself anyways, uh, was kind of a new realization. Like I, I sort of reached a point where I'd accomplished quite a few of my big goals in a very short period of time. Uh, like it took a very long time to get right. there. I just mean in the span that, uh, that they kind of came to fruition, so to speak. And there was this kind of like empty space where it's like, okay, well now what do I do with the rest of my time, you know? <laughs> and uh and honestly like i was kind of surprised to to find out that that it was relationships that was the area that was kind of lacking in my life so so that makes a lot of sense what are uh, what what are some of the goals that you have both professional athletic um personal etc
1: these these are good these are good questions dan, do you go by dan or daniel
0: uh, i go by daniel but you can call me megatron if you want okay
1: <laughs> bro i don't don't say that everybody says oh you all answer to whatever and i'm like oh if i call you a piece of shit while you answer no, it, no, like, no no don't don't i'll, I'll call i'll call megatron's you. a yeah.
0: transformer so i thought that would be dope but definitely don't call me that
1: yeah i got you but uh but okay like these are what i was saying once these are good fucking questions dude i like these questions um but fuck repeat the question i got all sidetracks.
0: Yeah. So what are some of your goals with, uh, like in yeah. your, your personal goals, business, professional, things like that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I could, I could get like, I mean, isn't everybody's goal to be happy or to like have some level of fulfillment in their life. I could, I could say that because that's that's one thing that I always strive for and I feel like I'm on the road to get that because of, because of the, the passing on of my knowledge and my, my my contribution to the world, I'm trying to contribute. I'm trying to be a positive influence and have a positive impact on anyone, any life I touch these days. Um, So I want fulfillment, I want happiness, who doesn't? Um, I also don't think I've done my best in powerlifting as of yet. I, I believe I can do better. I believe I can squat more than 822 pounds in sleeves. I believe I can bench more than I benched and I believe I can deadlift more than I deadlifted. So. I'm going, my goals are to do those things and to continue to do those things until I believe that I can't anymore. Um, Professionally, I don't know. I want to be comfortable, man. And I also, like, I mean, professionally, that's, I I could say I give a fuck about that one. Like, it's mostly the, the fulfillment and the happiness and the impact I want on others. And the the money, the money that I make, the revenue that I bring in for myself or for any business I'm associated with, that's just, that's a tool. That's not my goal. That's just a tool for me to get to a position of comfortability so that I don't have to stress about it. And then because of that, I can put myself in a position to have more of a positive impact on everyone in the world and leave a better legacy for those that come after me and those that impact me. And I can lay bricks for them on their foundation and help them build while they help me build as well. So,
0: yeah. awesome. So, it sounds like you've got a lot of what you're doing is very process oriented. And again, it, just even from how you're talking, it sounds like a lot of it kind of comes back to some of those core values that uh, that you mentioned earlier. So what are some other personal heuristics that you have outside of just uh, giving back to the community and, and you know, your contribution?
1: Um, I'm not sure, like it's, I could, I kind of measure I kind of measure. I measure my own value by 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 what I can give back and by by the positive I can give to other people. But I also I also really truly believe in like like bringing things back to myself because I I'm the type of guy that like I'm not I'm not I'm not like my way or the highway dude. Um, I essentially um, when people hire me for coaching they're like what's your approach and i'm like i don't know what my approach is with you i am always open to learn if you tell me that you have succeeded doing this type of training for the past however long and you really really enjoy it or there's a certain way that you do things and you really enjoy it and if i change it it's just gonna fuck with your mental i'm all i also swear so i'm sorry if you don't swear on this Ah no, you're good okay all right um But if it's going to mess with like where, how you do things, if I change it, I'm not the type of guy that is going to change it. Like, I'm like, talk to me, let's have a conversation. I might be able to learn something from you while you may be able to learn something from me. And I just, I really firmly believe in not, I don't know, not the skill of conversation, but like, but, but sort of the skill of conversation. we, we as people as humans as individuals should all be able to understand that while while you you are the most important person in your life and i am the most important person in my life and we always have to operate with that assumption we also realize that that's the truth for every person that we come in contact with and they have they have or they may have just as much if not more to offer to to, to you or I than we would have to offer to them and it's really just it's it's everything in life is exchange communicate communication or like just back and forth like not necessarily what can I get out of you and what can you get out of me but what can you give me what can I what can I gain through 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 grace and through acceptance or understanding from you? And how can we use those things to make one another better and generally increase like the, the, the good between us and then because of that, increase the good as a whole everywhere else?
0: And it, it's, it's this, funny you brought up communication as a skill because that was something I had a conversation with uh, – one of my athletes not too long ago where the the issue was someone was talking about a certain subject and they had been debating their friend and they were like, oh man, this person never listens. And I was like, okay, well, the first step is you got to make sure that you create operational definitions so that you're talking about the same thing, you know, because you might say metabolism and I might say metabolism, but what we're specifically referring to about metabolism might be completely different. And, or Mm -hmm. like the connotation. So you talk about masculinity, that's actually probably a better example. Masculinity is very subjective in how people use it. And depending on who's talking, we might be talking about two completely different things. So unless like, you know, this person might be saying, well, masculinity is like abusive to women, repressive, this, this, this. And I'm like, masculinity is about, you know, being courageous, um, protecting people, blah, blah, blah. But because we're using one word and that mean two completely different things, two different people, there's just a huge disconnect in, in communication, which is why there's like this big breakdown and people argue and stuff like that. And I find that exactly like you're saying, the more that you treat communication as a skill and you start kind of being like, okay, well, you know, I need to understand the other person a little bit better because maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe there's something I have to stand to gain. Oftentimes there's a lot more in common than there is, uh than there is not and and you can usually learn a little bit more even if it's just hey you know what i need to be a little bit more cautious about what words that i'm using because maybe other people interpret that word a little differently and so you're just a little bit more cognizant of, of like you know i guess yeah like you're saying your, your communication skills
1: mm-hmm. yeah exactly and that's that that like i said prior that's that's treating every interaction with whoever you're talking to that individual holds just as much validity as you do. So if, if I, if I am like, like we're talking about masculinity, if I am not offended by, by by calling you a bitch or something or like calling a woman or like saying like, don't be a bitch, don't be a pussy. But then you as an individual take offense to those words because they orient themselves in a manner that says that, 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 gen generally female associated word is something less than then you take offense to that it's not it it isn't up to me to be like well you shouldn't be offended that person is offended because they hold these values and they attach these meanings to the to those words so it's the 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 onus is on me to take that knowledge and understand that knowledge and then either not change my behavior or change my behavior. And that's what that's up to the individual, and that that's just a call that this that you as a person or the individual can make. But then it's like, well, what would a good person do?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you start venturing into some some tricky philosophical waters. Um, yeah. So you, you mentioned something uh, a moment ago. You use the word responsibility, and and that's something that I think I've heard you talk about quite a bit: is individual responsibility. Um, how do you think that has kind of come about? I mean, it sounds like your dad was obviously a really big influence in in pushing you. But how do you think individual responsibility plays in your life, and where do you see it maybe lacking in a lot of other individuals, especially people who are, you know, saying that they have a goal and saying that they're pursuing a goal, but really aren't necessarily that sincere about it
1: well this, this kind of plays into the whole uh the whole um I'm trying to th- environment of 2020 there's a lot of there's a lot of victimhood out there there's a lot of woe is me the world is bad I am good but I can't be as good as I want to be because the world is bad woe is me and that is something that I very much struggle with because I have overcome many obstacles in my life. Um, and because I was raised the way I was raised and I've experienced the things I've experienced and I've done the things that I've done, I really believe that it is on each individual to take responsibility for not not where they're at in their life. Sometimes circumstances may fuck you. You might get the short stick and it might really, really suck for a while. but your you as the individual as the person that is living that life it's up to you to make the changes that you want i've had i've talked to i don't know how how many people but a lot that are like well i'll never be able to do this because i'm not built for it i'll never be able to do this because i hurt myself in this way i'll never be able to do this because i don't ha- i'm not qualified for it i just a, a, a million different things but it's like if if somebody approaches a situation and they say i'm not going to be able to do this i i call bullshit. they don't know that have you tried okay if you haven't tried then you can't say that You shouldn't be able to say that as, as an individual, because if you're not qualified, go get qualifications, go, oh, you can't get qualifications because you don't have any experience. Go get experience. Oh, you can't get experience because it's, there's no entry level stuff out there. Go volunteer, go be an intern, go work for free. How do you get experience? You just do it. You have to make the decision. If that thing is important to you, you will find a way to do it. If you want to be good at powerlifting, I how many how many people out there have I coached, or how many people have you seen that have that are built like stick bugs? They have like long femurs, long long humeruses, humeruses, humeri. I don't know, (laughs) but they basically are not. They're not built like a fucking refrigerator. I have a thick torso. I'm built like a, I'm built like a fridge. I'm made to powerlift. There are a lot of people that have chosen a powerlift that are fucking gangly knees and elbow motherfuckers. How do they get better at powerlifting? They do the best with what they have, which almost always is. Gain as, gain as much weight, or as me, not as much weight, but as lean, as much lean body mass as you can. Get your back fucking strong and get your legs as strong as possible. And guess what? There's a lot of people out there that are really fucking strong that look like that. Taylor Willem, He's not exactly the most. He's not exactly built to be really great at powerlifting, but he manages to be number two on the all-time total list. I think at 220. A lot of the reason for that is because his deadlift is disgusting. But guess what? His total's that fucking big, and he still squats in the sixes and benches the fives. As a as a big like he looks like he looks like a freaking uh uh a kickoff guy uh in football he just he looks wiry you know yeah but but he's done he's done the best with what he has because he's decided and i don't really know kayla that well but he's decided that he wants something so he's taken every step he needs to take to achieve it and that's what that's why i really I really struggle with people who tell me that they want something, but then they won't actually do the things that they need to do in order to get there. And I don't, I, I have, I'm not, I'm not the guy that's like, well, fuck, get away from me. Like, I understand it's fucking hard, but you only get to complain to me a couple of times before then I'm like, well, then you're just, you, it's, that's your fucking call, dude. Like that sucks, but you're the one that's deciding, that. you know? So so how We're the master of your, of your own destiny? How much
0: of that do you think is kind of a level of ignorance as far as not even really knowing what, what they're kind of going after? So uh, to put some context into that, I've had athletes as I'm sure you have as well, who they'll come and they'll say, "Hey, I want to win nationals or I want to win worlds." Um, and then you're like, "All right, cool, how many you know, years have you been lifting?" And they're like, "Oh, I've never lifted before." And you're just like, okay, so you've never lifted before. You don't know if you like it. You've never competed. You don't know if you like it. Um, you don't know what your capabilities are and you're saying that you want to be the best in the world. Like, you know, th- there's just a certain level of ignorance there. And so then when you actually do sort of come up against those obstacles, it's like, I, I, I sort of wonder how those people are going to respond because I'm not sure if they really understand what it is they're asking for. Does that sort of make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, it's the same. It's that 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 whole question or thought process is the same. Is the same one that can be found, and I don't know if this is the the Tyson quote. I think, or I don't even know if Tyson said it, but somebody said it. It's like everybody wants to be, everybody wants to fight until they get punched in the mouth, or no, everybody has a a until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and I I I remembered it as I said it incorrectly, (laughs) but um, but yeah, like everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth like everybody wants to be the best power lifter in the world until you until your knees hurt all goddamn day every day for like the last 12 weeks of your fucking training plan and then it's like well this shit isn't fun this isn't great like i don't feel like god all the time and it's like okay how much do you want it or everybody wants to be Everybody wants to be the best until they go through a catastrophic injury, they tear a quad, they rupture a tendon, they, they blow something off the bone, um, they have a barbell bend around their back, I don't fucking know, but it's, every, everybody has a plan and everybody wants what they want until they real, like, until they realize what they have to do to get there, and not even what they have to do to get there, but what they have to withstand to get there. Cause it's not, it's not an immediate success story. There's never, there's no immediate success stories. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes sweat, it takes blood, it takes tears. I'd like, I would, I'd be ashamed if you could actually like somehow call to mind every time I've cried in the gym or thrown my belt. Like, cause it's, it's I'd, I'd run out of fingers and post.
0: And so one one of the things that you mentioned as well was was the speed at which progress happens. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think it was Tony Robbins or some someone said it where it's like most people dramatically overestimate what they can accomplish in a year, but they also underestimate what they can accomplish in 10. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's one of those things where everyone kind of looks at progress like a Rocky montage where they think, think that they need to be busy all the time and they need to be, you know, doing things that are directly helping them when in reality it's like you need to train and then you need to not fucking think about it. You need to relax. You need to recover. You know, you don't need to go and do more mobility afterwards or do your, you know, some ice bath or all these additional things that probably aren't contributing anything. And it's that kind of like patience, and that boredom in between your training sessions and then from week to week, month to month, year to year, that people just kind of like, get tired of and they're like fuck man like i just don't i don't want to do this anymore you know because it's not very gratifying yeah. especially and even the top guys like you know you you see what people are putting on instagram and it's like a lot of the times i think what most people don't necessarily realize is what people are posting on instagram are all of the top lifts that they've done during the peaking cycle of their whole you know 16 week training block and then they just slowly leak them out over the next couple of months <laughs> You know, whereas it's like, that's not what their training looks like. Like for the last, I want to say five weeks, you know, I've been squatting pretty much what I bench for like lots and lots of reps, you know, and, and it's like, it's not fun. It's not fancy. It's not pretty. It's not impressive by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like that's the foundation that's the that's the base that's the the work capacity that's all the stuff that's going to potentiate strength gains for a very very brief period where you can express those strength gains on the platform and when you realize that that you're like man I'm training a whole year especially when you get better you're like I'm training a whole year and I get to worlds and then I get about what 45 seconds of time actually competing you know it's 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 I don't know the trade-off, like the cost benefit doesn't necessarily pan out for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and that's that's it's it's amazing that you say that because like do you do you want to know what weight I used for my working sets on bench today? It was <laughs> it was 225. It was 225, yeah. and I bench <laughs> okay. I I've benched 575 pounds in my life raw, and that's like just two plates, just doing some position work and feeling it out. Uh and I mean, there's some stuff going on because I have like nerve issues and I'm just trying to like activate differently, but, but neither here nor there. It's,
0: that's, it's that's the slow process. Of it, it's the that's myth of Sisyphus.
1: Of it. Yeah, it's the myth of Sisyphus. It's like you, you push the boulder up the hill and it runs you the fuck old, over and then you put a smile on your face and you push that motherfucker up again and it runs over again. And sometimes, sometimes you're going to get it a little further up the hill. Sometimes you're going to slip and it's going to crush your ass right before you or like almost immediately after you get moving, you know, but those, those 45 seconds when you get it just a little bit further along than you ever have before, that's, that's what makes it worth it to some people and some people don't think it's worth it. So they stop pushing the fucking boulder.
0: Yeah. So, so why do you think so many people give up when, when things get hard?
1: Cause things are hard and they didn't have, they didn't have amazing role models like I did or like I'm assuming you did, you know? Uh, they, didn't have, they didn't have individuals to look to, uh, to, see, to see that it was possible. They didn't have people to uh, learn from, to learn how to make it possible. And they may not have something within themselves where they can accept the fact that it is even possible. I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, I tend to agree, and it sounds like kind of what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, that a lot of that starts out early in childhood. Okay. A lot of that is is very much intrinsically related to the the culture and the environment that you're kind of brought up in, and and how that kind of shapes your perspective on um, what's possible for you. Like you you mentioned, you know whether or not they can even do it, whether or not they can even accomplish it, or they believe they can accomplish it, and then just a lot of those core values that are instilled, um, you know, through growing up, through experiencing a lot of those challenges where you really have to kind of test yourself. So. So what were some of the main obstacles or what were some of the major obstacles that really stand out in your mind as being really important and kind of like a turning point where it was like, you know what, this was meaningful because I learned something really valuable from this.
1: In, in what context?
0: Um, just in the context of like, of in pursuit of your goals, just kind of
1: on, on like the broader right. Um. Well, uh, I mean, I've torn both bicep tendons, uh, those, have that, those have kind of set me back and I've had to pivot goals and plans and whatnot and adjust training in order to still do what I want to do. But one thing, the biggest thing that I have had to pivot off of is actually going back to the, that barbed video because I have had I have had nerve issues. Uh, in my neck, in my brachial plexus, since that bar bending, uh, I my myself and my cervical spine specialist have actually, we basically like ran through a timeline and we're like, what the fuck happened? How did this happen? And we we essentially coordinated that it had to have been that bar that bar bending because if you go back and watch the video, and I don't know how technolo- technologically sound you are or what goes into this podcast, but if you if Whoever's listening, pull up the video because you can see as I am squatting and as it bends around my back, I end up punching my left or my right arm out and twisting my torso. As I do that, the bar pushes on my left side. That was 705 pounds onto that trap and that side of my neck. It essentially caused a nerve compression injury to my thoracodorsal nerve and my dorsal scapular nerve at its worst at its worst after that uh, event i actually got to a point where i could not bench 225 pounds um it was essentially just muscle weakness the muscles just were not being innervated correctly and my left tricep and my left lat essentially died For six months, Uh, they atrophied incredibly. I still have photos on my phone of it. It honestly makes me ill just because it freaks me out so much because it was essentially like going from a point of my body being functional to my body is not working. And it wasn't like an immediate injury where it was like this popped and I have to rehab this and then it will be better. It was literally as if someone went in, flipped a switch, and it was like your shit just doesn't work. There's no real reason why it just got turned off. And for that reason, that was it's one of it was one of the most most difficult physical obstacles to overcome. And I'm not even past it. I it's it's flared up really bad right now, um, which is why I was benching 225. Uh, cause it just it tends to do that sometimes. But it wasn't just a physical obstacle, it was also a mental obstacle because you get to a point where you're capable of doing things. Like I, I walk into the gym and I'm like, if I wanted to, I could, I could walk up to 315 cold and bench press it, and it's like, cool, you know, like that's a thing that is supposed to happen. Or I can do, I can do, ten bodyweight pull ups, but then you flip a switch and it's like, no, you can't, you can't do that. Not because, not because you're there's a visible injury that you've damaged yourself with it it literally just looks as though you are incapable of doing that and because of that and because it's so sudden and because it was so drastic and because it was so just traumatic for me to feel that it really really messed with me and it was really really difficult to get past that and just be like okay, this is okay. I can come back from this. And even right now, because it's flared up, it's, it's, it's pissing me off. And I, I texted my, uh, my cervical guy this, this afternoon. And I was like, bro, I'm losing my fucking mind. And he's like, don't panic. He, I think he thought I was mad at him because we're going through this extensive treatment. And he's like, don't panic. Like, we're gonna make progress again. It's okay. And I'm like, this is me vending. This is just me being like, motherfucker, I'm pissed off. This is happening again. Um, but it's kind of like a self-check, self-check thing. You know, like I know that I overcame it once. During that, it was just as difficult. I know that I can overcome it again. I know that. I will overcome it in the future. Um, it's just a difficult thing when you're in when you're in the struggle. It's hard to think about anything other than the struggle. But that's the self check. You have to realize that this struggle, no matter how how long it is, how devastating it is, how whatever it is, it is temporary. It's not going to last forever. And that could be that could be an injury. That could be a bad relationship. That could be a bad job. That could be whatever it's temporary. As long as you decide personal responsibility, you decide that it will be and you get out of it or change it or do something different.
0: And you actually said something that, uh, that I really liked as well where you reminded yourself like, Hey, you know what? I went through this before and I overcame it. And, and I think that's something that's really, really critical. And, I actually wrote about this, I think in a recent article, uh, just kind of talking about, you know, some of the individuals who have accomplished so much, like you look at these kind of iconic figures like, um, I don't know, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, and all, all these people who are typically thought of as like anywhere in the world you go, they know who they are. And these people have had like insane struggles and faced like really, really significant hardships. And at the same time it's one of those recurring themes where a lot of these people will say you know what Um, i actually looked to my previous struggles and i said you know what i was able to go through that which means i could probably go through this and so i think there's a lot of confidence to be to be had from looking at past experiences and especially how you handle past experiences so in your case you had that really serious injury and instead of being like yeah you know what i'm done you were like "Fuck this i'm getting under the bar i need to make this happen again you stuck with it you got under the bar and you just broke a world record. Like, that's pretty crazy. I was, I was chatting with um, uh, Greg Panora a couple months back, and, and he was talking about something similar, right? Where he had a stroke at, at like 26 or something like that, and then came back and broke like seven world records. And, and you know, both of those feats are, are pretty incredible because to come back from something so serious and then still just dominate, and, and I think a lot of that as well is a great lesson for people to kind of, look back on some of their struggles and look back on some of their, their, you know, I guess put things into context and be like, Hey, have I gone through something serious before? If so, how did I do? All right. If I did pretty well, I'll probably do pretty well again. Whereas if you don't have a whole lot of struggle and you haven't had many obstacles, you haven't really been tested, you know, you get hit in the face with something and all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, I don't know what to do, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And then you just kind of crumble or, or you, or you figure it out. But you know, usually that's not the case.
1: Yep, exactly that, you know, and that's, that's we we all have weathered storms in our life, and they've all ended, and sometimes they feel like they never ever will, but they will, you know, and the more storms you weather, the, the more shit you go through, essentially, and as, as fucked up as it is, the easier it is to go through more shit, because you know that you can do it you've, you've endured it, you've withstood it. And this is, this is referring back to everything I said about my dad. This, it shows you that you are capable of surviving, even when all you can bear to do is just simply survive. You can do it.
0: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with, with, uh, everything you just said. And so it it obviously sounds like there's been a ton of stuff, especially like, it sounds like the major obstacles you face were, were kind of big turning points in your life. And, um, you know, everything you garner from that was kind of a an, an outgrowth of some of those core values that you learned initially, Where, whereas if they weren't necessarily instilled at that early age, you know, you'd probably have a different perspective on, you know, like A, what those situations mean, and then B, what's going to happen because of your circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I, I love as well, how you mentioned like individual responsibility, like, Hey, I'm in this position, you know, it's my choice on, on how I'm going to treat this. Like, am I going to just say fuck it? Or am I going to, you know, try and find a way through, like, what am I going to do? Cause regardless at the end of the day, it, you know, it's your life, it's your responsibility, fair or not, you're in the same position. You know, it doesn't really solve anything to kind of put, put the blame on other people. Um, so one thing that I was curious about as well is how do you maintain a balance in your life? And i will kind of clarify that because balance, I feel like is kind of a catch all term. Um, how do you balance or find balance in your life between your training, your, your sports, your personal life, or sorry, your training, your business and your personal life, not necessarily like a 50, 50 balance, but just whatever balance seems to keep you being productive in all of those areas.
1: I, you know that's a hard one it's you it's it's trial and error ultimately um because sometimes you think you've found balance sometimes you think you think you've found found something manageable and then you get to a point where you're like fuck i am at my wit's end i can't do this anymore and then you have to make a decision and adjust or you have to stay there and you have to be unbalanced and sometimes not having balance is something that you have to do for a goal that you have, or for a priority that you've decided to be a priority at that time. But that's not sustainable. That's only a brief period of time. Like when I was training for the uh, for the showdown meet where I broke the all time world record, there was there was a lot of focus that was required there. I, you go back and ask some of my clients, I probably wasn't as responsive as I should have been. I probably, I didn't take on any new clients and I probably just, you know, like I, I shifted around my priorities. If you go back and talk to my friends, you want to know how much I hung out with anybody? Not a lot. You know, you probably talk to, um, like people that were in my life that aren't in my life anymore. They'd probably tell you I was pretty much, a, I was, I was very much a dick, you know, and I was, you know, because you have, sometimes you have to shift those priorities around and sometimes you have to sacrifice balance for the goals that you have. But you have to enter into that with the knowledge that that isn't sustainable. Because if you think that that is sustainable, you're going to find yourself in a very, very, very lonely and very, very difficult position to be in. Um, and yeah, I found myself in that position sometimes and other time, and sometimes I've spent too much time there. Other times I've gotten myself out, but, but like you said, balance is just determined by yourself. Um, it's what you want for balance in your life. Some people want to be busy all the time. Some other people value their own individuality and their own free time more, and they need to orient things, uh, in that manner. Um, Some people are more athletes than they are coaches. Some people are more coaches than they are athletes. Some people are more invested in their business than they are anything else and others aren't, you know? And that's just kind of where it comes to, again, personal responsibility and trial and error because only I can live my life and only you can live your life and only you or I can decide what balance is for either one of us. And I think I've found a good position with my own business uh, right now. And I think I've found a good position with my own training right now. And I am I am happy with my balance currently. And it, it took me a long, long time to get there. But right now, today, I'm pretty cool with it.
0: And so when you're working with your athletes, uh, I'm sure you have to kind of deal with, times where there's a little bit of a lack of motivation or dedication and you know maybe people are starting to make excuses and things like that. How do you keep them accountable? Like how do you navigate those conversations where you keep people accountable while still allowing them the flexibility to change their goals? Because sometimes that that legitimately is something that happens.
1: Well, you know, like I, I talked to a couple, it, it, again, this goes to the value or the skill of conversation because you need to be able to hear the other person and understand where they're coming from, whether they're frustrated or disappointed or just whatever they are with how, how they're feeling with their training or with their life. And you also have to be able to convey to them that like if something is important to them, they may have to do things that they don't want to if something is important to them it's not going to come easy if it's if it's worth enough or if it's difficult enough if somebody wants to just get to get to a a 1200 pound total at like 220 or like 198 it's like yeah we can do that that's not going to be not going to be that disastrous to achieve like a lot of it's more than likely you're going to be okay in getting to that if you tell me i want a 2000 pound total at 198 and you're at like 1600 now that's going to be a harder road if you tell me that you want an all-time world record that's going to be an even harder road uh and it is just about being able to talk to the person and understand where they're coming from in saying that i want this this is my goal but also understanding that it's your respons- responsibility to make them understand what exactly they might have to do or what it might cost them or take them to get to that goal.
0: So what do you think one of the biggest lessons um, lifters can learn or, or probably should learn if they want to accomplish something, something big, actually, you know, not necessarily just lifters, people in general who are kind of striving for something, but, you know, maybe feel a little bit lost at times. What do you think is is something that I think, or sorry, what do you think is something that a lot of people really benefit from in terms of like just, just a
1: generalized piece of advice? Being, being familiar with failure, being familiar with losing, being familiar with not achieving what they want to do in the in 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 almost in it's it's the it's the same sentiment behind like hey did you find your wallet and it's like yeah it was in the last place that i looked well of course it was in the last place that you looked because if you continued to look for the wallet after you found it you'd be pretty fucking dumb it's the same way once you achieve your goal that's going to be That's gonna be the thing. It's gonna be the thing that you do, but you're going to have to exhaust so many other options. And there are gonna be times where it might seem like this is it. This is the thing that I'm gonna hang my hat on. This is the pinnacle, cough, cough, cough. This is it. And it turns out not to be, and that's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your life. It's not the end of your legacy it is simply another thing for you to learn from another thing for you to understand another thing to you for you to evaluate as as what is the good that i did here what is the bad that i did here how can i in the future minimize the bad and maximize the good and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again until you accomplish whatever it is that you set out to accomplish or get fucking close
0: so we're, we're coming up on that, uh, at least 75 minute Mark. Um, honestly, the conversation was awesome. Like I, I definitely had a lot of takeaways. I'm sure that the listeners are going to have a ton to take away. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, where, where can the listeners find you, Joe? Uh,
1: like, I think I mentioned it previously, but I'm actually in the process of revent. Well, no, I think this is private conversation between you and I, um, uh, I am revamping my website. I'm putting out a hell of a lot more educational content and I'm expanding my coaching business, uh, on Joe Sullivan, Uh, you can find me there. Uh, my email is on there. It is also Joe Sullivan, at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to just send me something directly, that's probably your b- most guaranteed way to reach me. Uh, I am also on Instagram and it's funny because I've actually changed my Instagram handle and told no one and no one's noticed. And it's funny. It's, it's like a little, a little humor thing for me because it's, it used to be Joe Sullivan power lifter on Instagram. I'm Joe Sullivan power lifer now, <laughs> which is just oh,
0: really, no, I yeah, didn't notice yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go, go look, go look. It's a thing. I did it. <laughs> I did it like two weeks ago and told nobody and it's fucking hilarious. Um, but, but yeah, it's Joe oh, Sullivan yeah. Power Lifer on there. Yeah, so <laughs> if you if you want to also try to reach me on there, you can DM me. I generally try to get back to everybody, but I'm not going to lie. I have 99-plus DM requests right now, and I don't fucking know when I'm going to be able to get through all those fucking things. Um, but tag me in your shit. I don't know. If I see it, I'll look at it and be like, hey, that looks good. Hey, that looks like shit. I don't know. But my website, Instagram, those are the things. those are the things to reach me on. Um, if you're in Columbus, hit me up. I don't know where I'll be. I'm just, I'm just the, uh, the ever cha- I don't know. I was going to say like the hermit, but it's like, I've always <laughs> been in Columbus. I've always been in Columbus. This is my fucking town as everybody learned in 2018 when I was in the animal cage and it's always going to be my fucking town.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. All right guys. So definitely make sure you go give him a follow, hit him up. Uh, make sure you show him some love. And, uh, also if you are tuning in, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you like it, if you don't like it, don't be a dick and still subscribe to the podcast. Um, thank you so much, Joe. It was, it was awesome chatting with you and, uh, yeah, man, it's been great.
1: Thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it.